In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today in the Gospel we have heard a passage that if we have heard and we read in some sort of popular novel or something like that, that would sound more like an epilogue. The end of a story rather than the beginning of one. And there is some truth to this impression that I had at least while I was reading this Gospel that it is somewhat of an epilogue. For in this season of Theophany, we have a Sunday before Theophany, Theophany itself, and then the Sunday after, which accumulated means the season of Theophany is far longer than what we actually celebrate liturgically as Nativity itself. And so the church, through this before Sunday and after Sunday, gives us a preparation and then also this transition into the rest of Christ's ministry. Remember when we began the Theophany season, it was the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then we have an event of Christ's baptism by John in the Jordan. And today, we come to the passage in the gospel where Christ has just endured and conquered the devil and his temptations in the wilderness. That's where this passage takes place. That is where Christ is leaving from and arriving at Capernaum. So the stage is set in this gospel for the gospel itself, not just the reading, but the gospel itself to dawn forth before all mankind and the public preaching of Christ is to begin. So Christ goes from a private, quiet, silent life of a carpenter who no one but a few know about to the public preaching and healing ministry that he is about to begin. Christ seemingly retreats from the temptations in the desert, but at the same time, this is an action of the gospel message. The great light, it tells us, goes into the land of darkness. Blessed Theophilact brings out great meaning from what seems like a simple passing from one place to another of Christ's journey. And as he travels in this passage that we so easily overlook, as simply sort of an addendum or something like that to the rest of the Gospel readings, we have heard in this season of Nativity and of Theophany. St. Theophilact brings out the meaning of each one of these cities and places. For in the words and the meanings of these cities and of these places, we see what it is that Christ is doing and what we can learn from him. He says this, Jesus departs into Galilee, which means a rolling down. For the Gentiles had rolled down into sin. And then he dwells in Capernaum, which means a house of comfort and consolation, because Christ came down from heaven to make the Gentiles the house of the Comforter, that is, the Holy Spirit. Zebulon means a nocturnal place, and Naphtalim means a broadening. For the life of the Gentiles, therefore, was both dark and broad. They were not walking in the narrow way, but the way that leads to destruction. So that great light that is the gospel, for the law too was a light, but the Gentiles didn't even have that, but that was a small light. The shadow of death that is spoken of is sin, for sin is the likeness and silhouette of death, says Theophilact. Just as death overpowers the body, so too does sin overpower the soul. The light has dawned on us, for we were not seeking it, but it appeared to us as if 
we were pursuing it. So what do we learn from this simple little bringing out of the meaning of words that Theoflat gives us? It means that we don't even have to be seeking the light, but God comes into that place of darkness with us. He comes to that place and his light shines forth and brings us out of darkness simply by his presence. Our Lord spreads the kingdom right into the land of darkness, sin, and separation from God. St. Gregory even takes it a step further, that beloved theologian, and says that Capernaum, when Christ made this his home base, St. Gregory says, even clearly, this dwelling place symbolizes heaven, as it bears within it the inhabitant of heaven. So we see that Christ coming and dwelling in a location brings the light even for those who are caught in darkness and captivity. He goes to that place purposefully, to a land filled with Gentiles, people who did not know God, did not even follow the law. And this is where Christ decides to place himself. And from which the rest of his journeys and the rest of his missions, that is where he comes to and from from this place that needs Christ's light, that needs the light of God. This is the character of our God, and this is how our Lord acts toward us. He enters the least likely places that we expect him to. He enters where it is darkest and where everything is seemingly most lost. And he transforms those places into the paradox that is Christian life. He dwells as the great light, in our own darkness. He causes the love of sin to flee in that light. And when we follow that light, it flees from every corner of our being. He makes death and its silhouette in sin to disappear as he makes those people and those places the heaven that he abides in. Capernaum is the point from which the gospel light shines forth into all the corners of the world. And then it spreads to every corner of the world. That same principle, which we can place in a city, also takes place for us in the corners of our own heart and in the very corners of every being that we have. Every little corner for which we look toward Christ, his light opens up. All we need to do, it's like a house where its shutters are closed. That is our heart. But when we open that up, Christ, who is residing there with us, the light shines into the rooms of our heart, into every corner. Darkness flees, his hope, his life, his light are there with us. It's just this simple action of turning toward him that we need. But Christ, when he does this, he is not silent. He doesn't simply go to Capernaum and just be there, right? We hear that he says something to the people. He our Lord gives a word, the same word that John was giving to the people. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Behold the Lamb of God, John said. And Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is Christ. Christ in this way, as he begins his public preaching, is saying, I am here. My life is here. The kingdom is here because I am present with you. When someone lives like an angel on earth, he is heavenly, and so he dwells in the heavenly light. So the kingdom of heaven is within each of us who live and strive to 
have every corner of our life open to Christ, that we may live like the angels do in his presence and in his light. Christ says, repent, and he completes the teaching of St. John by saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, revealing and teaching that he is the Messiah and is present, and therefore heaven is present with us, and God's kingdom is before us for all of us who hear these words and stand in Christ's presence. So this is the meaning of the gospel. In my own life, I have seen how Christ comes despite when I'm not looking for him, despite when I'm dwelling in my own darkness and sins. You don't know it all at once. I know I did not as I approached Christ, even though I grew up in the church. I grew up, you could say, as one of the people who knew the law, but did not dwell and know Christ as the light of my life. And as I journeyed into the church, as I became, Christ became more intimately known to me, I saw the light spread and my life change. Though darkness still dwelled and still does in some corners of my heart that I strive to repent and know are, so that I can open up those shutters and open up those doors. This was made known to me in my own life. And our church teaches us this by how it brings people into the church, by how it brings them in and initiates them into the life of Christ and everything that we do before baptism. And this was made known to me on the day of my baptism at my exorcism. Because an exorcism takes place at every time someone is brought into the church, right? Though I was journeying toward Christ, I was looking for his light, and Christ was present with me in some measure. There was an experience that I had when the priest blew upon my face, upon my chest, over my head. There was something that was expelled, that was exercised truly. For the light came in, and the darkness flew out. This is the principle that is this gospel that when the light is present, darkness cannot be there. And in our liturgical life of the church, in our bringing people in, this is what the church gives them. Salvation by telling them repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and the great light that is Christ dwells with them. But Christ goes even an extra step. The light comes in, darkness flees. But he also restores us to be active members of heaven, not just ones who experience passively the kingdom of heaven. And this comes to us in the epistle, right? It tells us that those who are captive and who are kept into the lower parts, those who are in darkness, in the depths of sin and darkness, that Christ comes and when he picks them up out of their chains, he gives them gifts. You may have missed it, but he gives them gifts And this is what is called those roles, those offices of the church, the gifts. This is what the apostle tells us, that we become apostles, that some may be apostles, some may be prophets, some evangelists, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, and this gift is to equip the saints for the work of ministry that we all have, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And then, this is also among the gifts, 
that we may attain to mature manhood, mature humanity, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Our matureness as human beings and our measure in the stature of the fullness of Christ are gifts, and they are tied intimately together. We can't become mature and know and have that full light of Christ, become full men without the full light of Christ within us, to have the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is the goal and measure that was brought to us, brought before us today. We all have the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ available to us when we take up the word of the Lord that ends this gospel. When we find repentance in little deeds and great ones, we begin to know and see our gifts and our roles. We become the men and women that God created us to be. When we take up the light of the gospel, just as it appears to us now, when we repent of darkness and sin and shine light upon those aspects of our life, then the kingdom of heaven is given. We are lifted from the low to the high, and Christ offers us the gifts of the kingdom by his very own spirit and his very own body, his flesh and blood, that we may be full of Christ and grow in him. This is the opportunity and the blessing of the liturgy, of the sacraments, of the whole life in Christ that is given to us and which is hidden in such a simple little gospel that we can just skip over as we think of going on to the next part, the more exciting parts of the gospel, but hidden in this quiet part, this transition in the gospel, is these deep, deep teachings of how we are to live in Christ and turn toward him and see his light in all things. May we do so, may we turn, may our Lord shine the grace of his countenance and his face upon us in all times. Amen.